Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen. This is a podcast about hanging out in Copenhagen. One of these. Yes. So we can watch all the people playing football. Or soccer, as my people call it. Hello, and welcome to the Six Shot Podcast, Copenhagen Copenhagen, your modern guide to living in the city of Copenhagen. My name is Owen. Just so you know, this episode is going to be slightly different to the usual ones. The first voice you heard there was the voice of Andy Wally. You may have seen Andy performing as Watson in CTC's production of Sherlock Holmes, or one of the pirates in CTC's panto, Treasure Island. CTC is the oldest English theatre organisation in Denmark, Copenhagen Theatre Circle. The reason we're talking to Andy this week is because Marius, my co-host, came up with an idea. He wanted to get out of the studio and just talk to somebody, see where the conversation went. So we contacted Andy, somebody who's been living here for 10 years, has been involved in the theatre community, along with other things, and uh, thought we'd just get to know him a little bit better. We asked him to tell us where to meet him, somewhere important to him. He chose Krutten, which is a theatre in Osterbrom. From there, we walked into Felleparken, where we started recording. It's a little bit loud. People are running around a lot. Children are playing. And we just decided to chat to him. Little note, at the end of this episode, you're going to get a code for Dungeons and Danish, which is a fantastic new idea about how you can learn Danish through role-playing. You get a 20% discount with the code we're going to give. But before that, let's throw to Marius and let him explain where he came up with the idea for this mm, conversational episode. We're, we're, we're slowing it down to, uh, to just meet some, some internationals in this uh, beautiful city of Copenhagen. Okay. Um, because why not meet each other and get to know each other? Oh. I was inspired by something called Humans of New York. Uh-huh. Where, you know, un, uh, a normal person, and he's not necessarily a normal person, but, uh, you know, he's a person, <laughs> and I want to know his story. I know Andy, but uh, there's, I'm sure there's many things I don't know about Andy, and uh, I know a lot of other people know Andy. Maybe there's things they don't know about Andy. So we're going to try and dive into Andy. I said Andy a lot of times now, but uh, it's just a sort of... Yeah, meet somebody in an audio experience. Okay. That's that's what we're doing, Owen. I, f- I feel like you've had some sort of artistic awakening in the last <laughs> week. Because like, even the way you're dressed and your, your whole demeanor... Your demeanor is quite like... <laughs> Kind of like, uh, like, kind of a, a, a bohemian kind of. You're like, you're like, yeah, I make art, but I, I don't think you get it <laughs> before you even show me you your painting. <laughs> I don't think you get my art. But, but he's even trimmed his beard just I for know. the event and everything. Yes, he's, yes. Uh, he's looking very switched. But, right but now. If, if I was to continue the, the analogy, uh, the art this week would be Andy. Uh, and, 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 and Andy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, hi, my name so, is... So I actually had, I thought about... <laughs> no, no, Marius, really Marius can Andy. talk this about me. It's going to be about so. me. <laughs> okay, all right. No, Sorry, actually, Andy, I, never mind. Oh, that's fine. I, I enjoy hanging out with you guys anyway. <laughs> listening to Marius talk about Marius. <laughs> no, I'm going to be talking about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but from my perspective. No, uh, I actually thought it could be interesting to try and ask you, and I, and I realize this is maybe a difficult question. So, uh, no pressure. Could you sum up the highlights of your life before you came to Denmark in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a whole two minutes. Well, that's or, a lot you know, of highlights. Like to give um, you an idea that you know we're we're uh, we're trying to speed up to when 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 Denmark happened for you. I mean, I guess by highlights you mean like kind of uh, bullet points. Bullet of, points uh, yes. of events in my life. So, if you um, were to give a PowerPoint presentation of uh, your your life up until Denmark. What okay. would the bullet points be? Okay, so um, first of all, I was I was born uh, a in in a hospital in a place called Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, I uh, I um, the hospital now no longer exists. Uh, that's an important thing. They knocked it down. I don't think 
after of you? I don't think it was because of <laughs> they, that. They peaked. They peaked. They couldn't better it. Like close, no. close the doors. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think it got closed down because uh, Liverpool. Um, wasn't in a great financial situation in the 80s. Uh, yes, I was born in 1979. I know, I know, I look much younger, um, but... Uh, this is audio, they won't be able to see <laughs> You'll sound really you sound. old. <laughs> I sound really old, it's true, but I look much younger. Um, but uh, anyone that knows me will say that too, honest. And uh, yeah, then uh, I've gotten to the birth so far. Then yes. after that, I, I grew up <laughs> in a place. Thirty seconds to the <laughs> left. No. Okay, uh, I grew up in a place called Formby, which is a nice little coastal town in the northwest of England, uh, just a bit north of Liverpool, uh, with uh, with my mum, my dad, and my sister. Uh, then older or younger sister? Older sister. She uh, she looks it as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, hopefully she listens to this podcast. <laughs> no, uh, so Emma, um, she uh, she's uh, doesn't look that much like me. She's blonde and uh, slightly taller and blue eyes, uh, which obviously you in have a, none of that. Yeah, in a visual or hair in general. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then there's my mum and my dad who also don't look like anything like my sister. So I start to wonder whether <laughs> she really is my sister. Or whether they had a, a baby swap in the hospital. I think that was all the rage in the in the seventies. <laughs> okay. Uh, especially in this hospital. Maybe that's why they knocked it down. Maybe. Maybe yeah. we've uh, uncovered a, a truth about this hospital. Right, how am I doing on the two minutes, by the way? You need to speed up. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, then after that, uh, yeah, uh, my parents divorced. Um, my dad moved miles and miles away to uh, the next town up uh, called Southport, and uh, I lived between homes. Oh. Meaning in both homes, not like just in the middle. <laughs> yes, I, I have never been homeless, uh, I'm proud to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then after, let's, let's skip through all that. Uh, I grew up, uh, I went to university in a place called Birmingham. Um, lived there for about four years. Uh, had my first job there in the dot-com industry. Uh, the dot-com industry crashed and uh, the first dot-com bubble bursting. Uh, so then I moved into the telecoms industry in a place called Surrey, just south of London. And then, yeah, then uh, the telecoms industry crashed and I moved into finance, uh, which has been doing really well since I joined and there wasn't two big crashes but i've stuck it out in this industry um okay. <laughs> maybe to solve the global recession all i need to do is quit finance <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> when did you come to denmark then I, I came to denmark in 2011 february 2011 so just over 10 years ago and what what spurred you to move here was it uh um so I was working for a company in the UK called the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, they uh, had an office in Tokyo and uh, I was going to move over to the Japan office and um, because I really fancied working abroad. What, what, what excited you about that idea? Uh, I had been on holiday to Tokyo. I really loved the country. Uh, I thought it would be... I've heard people say a lot about Japan that people that move there either love it for a few years and then they have to leave because it is a very kind of like alien place uh, in terms of uh, culture uh, for people from uh, our part of the world and when I went over there I think I experienced the same kind of thing I uh, saw a very uh, alien foreign culture uh, to what I was used to but uh, also in a country that's economically equal uh, so I've seen different cultures a lot but never really with that kind of same clash and I, I really enjoyed it there and I fancied staying there for a little bit. Okay. I spent a year learning Japanese and uh, then um, anyone who follows the financial industry as thoroughly as you two guys I'm sure do oh, yeah. um, knows that uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, RBS, uh, they um, were one of the major victims, victims of the financial crash in the UK and uh, yeah they decided to start downsizing. That was about the time I was meant to move over to Japan mm. and uh, not really sure what to do and a guy I used to sit next to was a Danish guy. Uh, and he said, oh, well, if you're looking to move abroad, then come and work for Saxo Bank on a short-term contract and uh, you can move over 
to Denmark and work abroad here for a bit until you find out another place you want to be. And how was that prospect considering you had Tokyo as the sort of, and, and that sounds like a, a culturally more of a adventure and more exciting, more of a potentially a culture shock as you like it's a very foreign alien sort of um, yeah culture compared to to what you know you knew was that is that a bit of a oh, okay or were you equally excited about coming to Denmark yeah so um, <laughs> that was a long question <laughs> it was With a, a short answer question, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll package it um, so yeah obviously I was really disappointed not to get to go to Tokyo uh, it was something I still kind of hope to do uh, I think my first uh, impression of Denmark uh, moving here from London uh, Copenhagen is a lot smaller place uh, than London is and wow. it was also quite a, a big change for me And I think um, after six months, I was also looking around in the job market. Um, I had a final interview at a place in Hong Kong, um, but uh, I didn't get that job. And I signed on for another six months with Saxo and uh, yeah, ended up staying in Denmark. So yeah, I wasn't really as excited about Denmark as I was uh, about uh, Japan to yeah. start with, uh, at least. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. Like, what, what? But there, there are some nice things about Denmark. There's some, like, some you know, the healthcare system. There's sort of work-life balance. Is, is we're known for that, and that can be quite attractive. But, but coming from yeah, UK or other Western countries, like, I often wonder what is the attraction, and maybe it isn't. Maybe it's more just well, I got a job offer. The job sounded interesting, or. I think it's a mix of uh, both for me. Uh, I came here and I was obviously very used to uh, the British culture and way of doing things. Uh, I think I was very kind of taken aback by the Danish work-life balance uh, thing of uh, the fact that people will very happily kind of down tools and stop working at uh, 3.30 on a Friday to go and pick up their kids and things like that. Mm. And I see it actually with a lot of people that have just moved here as well, that they seem to struggle to understand the fact that um, I think you start thinking of it in terms of Danes don't want to go the extra mile in the amount of uh, time that they put in at work. But I think after living here for long enough, uh, I, I started getting used to that way of uh, doing things and also getting used to the fact that it's not necessarily... When we've had uh, times that we've had real problems uh, that had to be dealt with, um, I've seen everyone from every different country, Denmark and uh, all the other countries that have been represented at Saxo, uh, step in and actually spend the time uh, when it was a real emergency. Mm. But I think Danes also value their own personal private time and I think it leads to a happier workforce for it. And uh, mm. I think I've grown accustomed to this way of uh, working. I, uh, I had an opportunity to work in London again uh, not so long ago and I almost ended up being an expat for Saxo in London, which would have been funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'd struggle probably to fit back into the way that it works over there. Mm. Yeah, because you've been here for 10 years now. Just over, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, do you do you do you feel like you've sort of yeah gotten accustomed to this way of working now and sort of because I can imagine in the beginning maybe a lot of people are like. Yeah, they say this is okay, but maybe it's only okay for Danes to go home early or like, I can imagine you can get a bit paranoid about that. I, I, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, but I, I need to be seen to be working, right? I need yeah. to, you know, they're going to pull me up and leave me a little early on a Friday or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think so. I think it's just like, you're, you're, the way I feel now is, is I, it's changed, you know? Mm. But yeah, I think it's also when you uh, when you're younger, you tend to spend uh, a lot more time at work, and um, you're trying to push forward your career and uh, make a, a name for yourself within your office or whatever. And I still see that from the Danes and uh, lots of the other younger people working at Saxo and things as well. And then I also see some people who uh, are kind of at the level that they want to be at, and uh, they are happy doing the job in the hours that they. Are required to. Mm. Uh, I think I work um, at the moment from about eight till 
five or eight till four thirty, and uh, that seems to be quite long hours for people from Denmark. Um, but no one's ever picked me up and said you need to work longer uh, or yeah. or shorter. <laughs> or either. shorter for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> but we know you from uh, the world of theatre. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, and that's a, a thing about the work-life balance here is the fact that I wouldn't have the time to do uh, do my hobbies that I have here uh, in London if I was still. So you, there. so you didn't do? Did you do any theatre before you came here, or like? I did theatre uh, when I was at school. Um, when I was growing up, it was a very big part of my life. My. Um, my dad's side of the family uh, had a lot of people that were very keen on theatre. My uh, my grandmother was uh, involved in the community theatre, always took us down to things like pantomimes and stuff um, ah. when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, it was a big part of my life then and then it kind of got dropped as I started focusing a bit on work and also not being able to be reliably out of work by a certain time kind of... Uh, puts a downer on any kind of organized social activities where you have to be there at that time. Yeah. How did you get involved involved with CTC actually? I, I don't know. I actually auditioned for a panto. Uh, Robin Hood and the Babes in the Wood. Um, what? Why Why did you get back into theater? Was that like, uh, was it the theater or was it looking for like, how do I make do something else besides work here or what yeah um, looking for hobbies outside of work so most of my hobbies are especially in London and uh, during my first few years here just tended to be hanging out drinking with colleagues uh, which is fine hobbies uh, as it comes but um, counts as a hobby yeah and uh, playing a bit of sports and things like that Uh, I did do a lot of running and uh, that can also soak up a lot of time but I wanted to audition for the Panto the year before but I couldn't make it to any of the audition dates so it was just something that was on my radar and I decided to go for it okay and how soon after you came here when when did you get involved with the CDC? I think it was about four or five years after I came here. So there was a big gap before I joined. You you didn't do any theatre at all before that? Uh, Not here, no. Uh, But you you had done theatre in England? Yes. You had a passion for it? Yes, as a kid. Were you... Did you feel like you'd lost something then in that period of time? I mean, I kind of dropped it from the age of 18 till... um, uh, 34 that's, uh, that's a long time if, if, there were, if, it were, if it was food you wouldn't eat it if you'd picked, dropped it that long you wouldn't pick it up and eat it I mean I, no. <laughs> good well, analogy that's, good that's, analogy a beef jerky sorry, would I'm, probably be I'm fine. tired my brain is <laughs> I thought that was wittier yeah. in my head than no, it was when I said it everyone understood the analogy we're, we're just debating whether it was a good one it was a long that's a long time to drop it yeah um, and as I some said some would say you lost it you dropped it and kicked it and threw it away and then yeah. <laughs> and refound it in Denmark and uh, yeah um, yeah it, it was out of my life for a long time uh, but uh, it's definitely been something I've uh, very much enjoyed finding again hmm. alright and um, then you became more and more involved in it you became you ended up being the the chairman of the ctc yes so uh i think after the first year of being in the ctc they were looking for people to join the committee and um which is kind of the production arm of the ctc so i joined up on the committee as an ordinary member as they call it uh which is um kind of uh, a committee member that's floating to be assigned random tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you sign up for that? What, what, what was what was your sort of yeah? Why? Um, well, why not just do the plays? <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds so uh, simple. Uh, well, <laughs> mainly because I think a lot of people don't appreciate how much work goes in behind the scenes in a lot of these things. Uh, a lot of these shows would never take place were it not for the hard work of many people in the committee. Yeah, we should say it's com- it's very much volunteer-driven, CTC. CTC is entirely volunteer-driven. Yes. volunteer-driven. And uh, it was just kind of, I feel like um, it's, it's a nice way to uh, submerse yourself in the activities of the CTC to see how it's run and also to have a driving force in what they should be doing uh, going forwards as well. Mm. I know people who do uh, just do the shows. I know people that uh, have done the shows and also worked backstage, which is also a really great thing to do, I think. And uh, What did yeah. it give you? Like, what, what did you feel like this gave you? Um, I think 
because the CTC uh, became quite a strong sense of community for me and uh, I think joining uh, into the committee before even becoming chairman mm-hmm. uh, I got to know the other people on the committee quite well and also it strengthened my ties with the people that were in the CTC. Uh, some of my closest friends are people that I've served in the committee with uh, yeah, and it, it gives a lot to know that you're contributing to something that's also given you a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah? Did you also have a set? Was it also like a? Because there isn't a lot, and or at least back then there definitely wasn't a lot of English-speaking theater around or English-speaking any culture basically, um, mm. except for films. Obviously, you go see some films. Um, so you were saying what? Ten years ago? No, five. 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 Five, five years ago, you don't think there was any. I mean, I'm sure there was, but I was not aware of it. Like, yeah. Uh, it yeah, rarely got on my radar if there was any. Um, and I think that's something that uh, we heard a lot when I first uh, went into the the committee role. Is we would be talking with people who um, who basically would say, "Oh, I, I didn't know that this was done anywhere." Uh, so there's there's definitely an awareness problem for the CTC to deal with that people don't know that uh, they're around. But I think it's become bigger and bigger and more and more visible for people in general now. For sure. For sure. Well, what did what did you do in the in the five years prior to you joining CTC? What were your English language or cultural uh, outlets? Uh, in general, it was um, socializing with people from work. Uh, I uh, I actually did see a CTC show at one point. Uh, I saw them. Uh, they did Hello Hello, which is a very uh, mm. British comedy series, which is also shown in Denmark a lot. Which is is nice. it? Is Hello Hello in, yeah, yeah, in Denmark? Yeah. When I came oh, to God. Denmark, uh, I had. Uh, a Danish TV uh, channel just had Hello Hello on back to back. You could watch like all four seasons of it in in a weekend. I think <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, no, it was talking about the fall of Madonna with the big <laughs> boobies. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was big boobies. It was beautiful. Uh, and so I, the CTC put on a stage production of that, uh, which is one of the most successful shows that they've run. Um, and certainly at the time, I think it was the most successful. We've done a few since mm-hmm. that that have also been uh, that popular. But yeah, it's it kind of uh, led me into realizing that there was this English theatre world here, which helped me find more hobbies. But yeah, uh, outside of that, um, English language, I guess. Uh, I did a lot of jogging because uh, so, I ran two marathons, uh, which was fun. Uh, But you don't talk a lot during a marathon. No, exactly. <laughs> no. And it's not very cultural. Uh, <laughs> it is cultural. Maybe you get to see the sights. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you talk with people that you train with and things. So if you're out running with someone, it's okay, fun. Right. Yeah. So that was a, an, an activity where you could also socialize with people. Yeah, and playing football with uh, people, uh, playing tennis uh, with people a bit, uh, stuff mm. like that. But I think what I understand a bit about CDC is like it's yeah it created maybe it went further than that it created a community for you. Yes. But uh, honestly, it's it was kind of like a gateway drug into the CTC for me and the mm. fact that it that and many other things around that made me realize how much I was missing doing this kind of thing. Yeah, I think we should go somewhere because uh, you you live around this area you we're in Istanbul you live around here mm-hmm. uh you you we met up at Kutun I'm assuming we met up there because that's a, a place where you you've done a lot of CTC plays yes that's uh probably the main place that I've done CTC plays uh we've not used it as much recently uh because it's been harder to book but uh yeah mm-hmm. uh, and we we've all uh taken part in a CTC play at one point at Kutun. Uh, uh, me be behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You played a crucial part. But it, it is funny, I think, how when you... Because I've, I've, I've lived here all my life. I've been to Kutun a couple of times. But it's funny, once you've done a theater production in a place, you get a sense of... Because that week or whatever, how long it is, you're in that the actual space it's such an intense experience yeah yeah like you get an attachment to like i i even though i've only done i've only done one What? i have a strange sort of sense of ownership that ownership is the word i was going to use yeah like, yeah yeah well, i've been to some of the other parties for uh, after parties for some of the plays and like uh, 
Yeah, it's strange. Like, I would probably be a, had I not done a play, it would have been way more like, I can't just go back there or. Yeah. Now I'm like, I feel like alumni. Alumni, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the first show I did there, the uh, pantomime Robin Hood uh, and the Babes in the Wood, uh, we we did was it 13 shows over two weeks. So four shows on the first weekend and uh, two shows for the final Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a long, hard, grueling experience. People don't really realize that yeah. it's a lot of work uh, that goes into these. Just just, just for, because we're, we're, we're kind of like looping into our own little CTC world yes. now. Um, just a little insight, uh, CTC closing parties are mental. Yes. They're yeah. insane. <laughs> I've been to a few and like it completely lives up to your expectations of theater people theater like loose. Yeah. drama <laughs> excuse the pun uh, at a at a ctc closing party is yeah. is, is intense yes so that that's why it's it's not like oh we may we go behind this like go back to the theater and have a little party afterwards it's like i'm going there because shit's going down yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last one i was at an ambulance was called <laughs> Yeah, a, a guy uh, fell. You know, one broke into a kitchen shop after one. Why one would point. you bring that up? Why would you bring that up? Shut up! I remember after one the Fringe Festival we did, we had the uh, closing party for that, and uh, then after everyone got kicked out the theatre, we all ended up in Fella Park and. And uh, when I was cycling home, people were giving me a lot of strange looks and I couldn't really work out why. Uh, To put it in context, that was a show I did uh, in drag. uh, And uh, when I got home and looked at myself in the mirror, I found that all my makeup had just run all the way down my face. And uh, I looked like like someone after a very messy party. Uh, Like I'd been crying my eyes out or something. You may well have been. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, I think so, yes. Okay, so... But it's the sense of community you kind of get from being in a production like that, and I think that's such a valuable experience to have. Uh, But it's funny also how it ties into the actual building and you get a sense of ownership when... Yeah. I definitely shouldn't have. You you could probably say it would have been more justice because you've done a fuck ton of shit plays and preparation in there. Hey, I push buttons at one of them, man. I'm... uh I've, I'm, I'm, I've got a ticket for life. <laughs> hey, Owen, you were, uh, you were instrumental in queuing up those sound effects on cue. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's harder than you'd think. Uh, so many people uh, don't manage to do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, another place that uh, I visited for the first time after being in a CCC play was a, a bar on Bubas Place. So I'm getting thirsty, so I suggest we go there. Let's do it. Yeah, maybe. Nice. No, 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 he's still dealing with his own bike. And. Oh, oh what a ledge! He what did. Ledge. He picked up the. Nope, nope, no, no. Oh, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. Good. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, where are we, Marius? So we're at uh, Bulpa Place yeah. on Oosterpool. Um, Andy, you live in Oosterpool? I live in Oosterbro, yes. Yes, Uh, Not this part, but a bit further in. And uh, this is a nice little, uh, there's two bars here. There's Bopa Bar and Pixie Bar, Pixies? Yeah, Cafe Bopa. Cafe Bopa. And uh, Pixie. Pixie, great. Andy, uh, I I came here the first time with you, I think. After doing a... This is kind of uh, when you get kicked out of the theatre because the person with the key wants to lock up. Uh, this was where we uh, used to go quite a lot and also coincidentally it's where a lot of my workmates uh, also came to drink whenever we got kicked out of our Friday bar. Ah, okay, okay. So uh, I say we go get a beer. Alright, let's have a look-see. Uh, Why are you looking so suspicious? Because <laughs> we're going across the road and I don't oh. want to get here. Oh, here we go. Nope. Maybe we're not going to sit here because there's nowhere to sit. Who'd have thought on a sunny day, on everyone would have a drink in an outside beer garden? Thursday evening. We could get a drink and sit on the bench. I'm down for that. Can we, can we still get a drink from inside? Uh, I don't know, he was very stressed. He was like, uh, just go out, uh, I'll find you. Find us? <laughs> I was like, hey, we're not at a table. I was told I could just buy a beer here. Uh, ah, they can't, uh, we can't do that. 
just, I'll, just go out, I'll find you. So <laughs> I'm gonna go to the kiosk down there. <laughs> get you three beers, get beers and stuff. The Comedia School, we were rehearsing there mm. and we were just looking for a place for a drink and then we just stumbled upon that bar. Oh, thank ah. you. There you go. Thank you. Say IPAs and you deliver. I did deliver on IPAs. All right. So, so um, after a failed attempt at sitting at the uh, Café Poupin, uh, we still recommend the place. It's a lovely, lovely place. Uh, there's, there's a reason a why atmosphere. it's so packed. Um, yes. Because, uh, well, for one, it's a very sunny day and it's got a beer garden. And uh, So, oh, well, Andy, uh, did, you, did you choose, is it a logical choice not to go back to England? Or did you, like, did you just not want to go back to England or did you want to stay in Denmark? Uh, I want to stay in Denmark now. Uh, I think, um, as I, I touched on before, um, I, I did get an offer at one point with Saxo to go back and work in London as an expat, uh, which, other than just being hilarious, uh, being a British expat in Britain, um, I, I, uh, I was going to do that, but then that fell through. Uh, like a lot of my job offers in other countries do, it seems. And uh, yeah, it was faith. And Fate. Fate. Yeah, and then I, I think that was just when I started getting Fate. more into doing the CTC stuff. And now uh, this is definitely a place I think of as my home that I like to. I stay here because of Denmark rather than mm. I stay here just because I'm running away from England. And and is the theatre directly correlated with that? Is that directly connected? The theatre is one of the, the reasons that I feel at home here because uh, I do have uh, a large community of friends here uh, mm. now which I perhaps maybe didn't have when I was first here and less happy in Denmark. Oh, less happy? Less happy, yeah. I'm not always as chirper. Chirper? That's a word. <laughs> Chipper, as you uh, see me here today. Uh, Were you always happy? Them. Was it just less great of happy or was there like a... I think when I first came here, I was really frustrated. As I said, moving from London to Copenhagen is a very big step in terms of just what the city is. Uh, I, Like Maria said, I did also struggle finding stuff that I could actually consume as a theatre and things like that because of the fact that in London it's everywhere, uh, in Copenhagen there's not so much, especially in a language I understood. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I definitely tried that when just I lived six months in Shanghai and like all the culture I could find was yeah, drinking with other expats or internationals. And it... it yeah, I at least felt you could only do that for <laughs> so long before it became slightly trivial. But it, 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 but at the beginning, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, no, it's super fun to be drinking with other not internationals and non-Danes or whatever it may be, and you you feel like you're part of a like a special club, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think I probably. Uh sound like I'm trying to big myself up here. I did my fair share of drinking in my youth. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things. When I first got here, I think it's probably a really good way to make friends is to kind of uh, go out and socialize with the people around you. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a classic way to do it, right? Like, But eventually you want to... Or maybe, 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 maybe some people don't. Uh, I, I, I know people who haven't progressed from that particular space. Mm. Now, I don't know whether they w want to change or... Pref I, I don't know why, but I, I, I know people who I uh, still kind of cling to that idea of like, hey, it's, I'm not in Ireland or wherever it's from. I'm not there. I can... Oh, it's a party. It's a party city. I can always go out and party because yeah, I don't yeah. have responsibilities here because it's not my country. You know? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I think people have that kind of mentality as well, you know? But when, so, do you think it, when do you think it changed for you, sort of? Did you have a moment where you're like, like this is getting a bit trivial now? Like, it's... Yeah, I'd like to say I didn't drink that much. Uh, cheers, by the way, guys. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think also in the theatre, um, there's also quite... Uh, a lot of socializing as well uh, mm -hmm. to put it. Um, I guess it just uh, 
gave me a hobby to do in between that. And I think maybe it's something with being in England and I guess in Ireland as well and in Denmark, uh, people tend to socialize whilst drinking quite often. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's nice to also have a hobby and uh, a pastime that doesn't involve just getting But drunk. Don't, you th- don't you think it's a bit too, I think to me, because I actually, when I came back, because I have uh, had a similar thing with you in sort of theater. I'd been away for it a while after having done it and always had some some like a desire to do it and then yeah life happened and I didn't do it and work and blah 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 and career I guess we can call it um, but but <laughs> but then and then well. I moved to Shanghai and really did the expat thing and then I went think I came back and I was like I still had a still wanted to hang out with people who had different nationalities than me but I didn't just want to go drinking with them like I wanted to feel like we have a thing together mm. and then we can drink and do that thing that's <laughs> that's all but I kind of needed that extra sense of like there's a no no we're we are together because of this thing yeah yeah and what other things we do is because of that to some extent sort of yeah. or like we have this connection together or like we share this passion or whatever it is I definitely feel like um i guess when I was younger, I did a lot more drinking and being out at clubs and things like that, which I just don't really enjoy anymore. Uh, I'll definitely be drinking in bars because I'm socializing with people or just hanging out with people. Uh, hung out with, say, you, yourself uh, yeah, yeah. many times before, and we haven't always gotten drunk. No. <laughs> Trying to think about when. But, uh... <laughs> no, but I just... And I think... I. I i think for any international, I think it's a very important lesson actually to sort of like there will be a point where you need more than just that. I think, don't you think? Like it's gonna get trivial at one point. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it age has something to do with it. Like mm. said, that 100%. definitely when you're in your twenties, it's all shits and giggles. And, and and I suppose your 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 relationship status as well. If you've if you if you have a partner and you, you yeah, want to yeah, kind yeah, of like settle down with that. Yeah. Like that, or whatever settling down is for you. But like, uh, but I was thinking about it. I think the the idea of having a group of people and having a collected interest, uh, a group interest or a community, and then drinking and partying, that that's that's universal. So like, that's what you'd have. If I was in Ireland and I wasn't hanging around internationals. Or like anything. That's what I'd have there. I'd have my work group, and then I'd have the thing I do outside of work, probably. And then I'd go drinking with the people I'd. My, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's just a thing that makes you feel a community, no matter where you are. Yeah. So I think it's a community idea that whether you're, it's probably str- a stronger need for it when you're in Denmark or not at home. But mm. the idea of it is. Is transferable anywhere. Even if you've never left your hometown, you probably go to work, and then you probably go to the the, the crochet club, mm-hmm. and you get shit faced with the crochet crowd. <laughs> you know, I mean, alcohol really goes with everything. I mean, yeah, it just, it just, it's that's to, what, to yeah. pick up the alcohol <laughs> of the crochet thing. Uh, one of my uh, work colleagues, uh, I remember meeting her in town at one point, and uh, she was wasted and. Uh, We were watching football, and uh, she. I was asking her why she was so drunk already, and she was like, "Oh, I've just been out at Strick or Drick, uh, <laughs> which is knitting and drinking." drinking. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, there is definitely drinking knitting clubs. Uh, and, uh, Shout out I to also... my crochet crew. <laughs> <laughs> Miss your fam. <laughs> crochet forever, for reals. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, for reals. <laughs> hey, look, guys. On that one, hey, look, guys. I'm from the 70s. Uh, I'm allowed to use my own terms. Um, but yeah, I think also like I've in London. There's a uh, there's jogging groups where they say they're uh, drinkers with a bad jogging habit uh, yeah. and things like that. So there's there's tons of there's beer yoga now. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Is that to is that to one up baby yoga? <laughs> Goat yoga, there's... Goat yoga? Yeah. What's goat yoga? Actually, you know what? Oh, I don't you care. Need, you so need you a really goat flexible goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's not the goat doing yoga. Uh, no, no. It's you doing yoga amongst goats. Whenever I see, like, yoga on YouTube or anything like that, they always, for some reason, have a dog 
which always has to be in the filming studio no, with them. No, yeah, 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 not everyone. Not everyone. Everyone. We all started watching it lockdown. Yes. Adrian is the only yoga person that exists. No, but uh, like the dog basically jumps on her back all the time and uh, interferes with the yoga. Maybe not on her back. But. <laughs> I thought it was a well-behaved dog. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, let's not get uh, bogged down on, on yoga and dogs. Um, I, you're right in the sense with this whole, like, everyone kind of, yes, drinking eventually is not enough. <laughs> we need other things, sure. even if you're from... But I, I think I hadn't necessarily... I, I had my friends, yeah. and maybe we just didn't share... But we, I didn't feel like they were good friends, but we didn't share, like, a hoppy together. I think... And maybe... This is in... Here in Denmark, okay. in Copenhagen. Oh, okay, okay. And I think when I came back, I, I've, I've had a strong desire to find, like, a, a hobby I did with people. Like, okay. where it's not just hanging out. Like, yeah, I had okay. my friends, and, and and we could, you know, just hang out. We didn't have to have a reason to hang out. Like, mm. And I just thought there was... It that gave me an sense. extra sense of community or belonging or, like, yeah... Why am I with these people? I I have this weird idea that hits me every now and then. Uh, I think it actually came earlier today as well. I imagine... So I have have good friends back in Ireland, right? Best friends, lifelong friends. Um, And talk to them all the time, or sometimes never, and then I'll see them after five years and it'll be like nothing ever happened, right? I'm just straight into the same thing. But then I have boatloads of people who I know but I'm not friends with, right? That are from my childhood or from my teenage years or whatever it is. Mm. And they're, they're like people who I grew up with and I know in my life, right? And I will absolutely not have anything in common with them. And I'm certain, I'm certain they will think I'm a tool yeah, or, okay. or, or a bit of a dickhead or like just a weirdo or whatever, some sort of negative connotation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they're fucking boring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so weird that I feel so comfortable and connected and appreciated in Denmark. Whereas if I went back to parts of Ireland where I grew up, or I had like very prominent parts of my um, kind of formative years, mm. I, I would have no connection to the people who are there. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's just, and I don't think there's an answer to this statement. I'm just saying, but I'm kind of connecting to what you're saying about having mm. friends yeah. and then no, realizing. No, I think I felt like this in, in Copenhagen. Like, yeah. I've, I've, I've had my friends, but I've never felt super at home. And I think it wasn't until I also found a community mm. sort of, that I felt like, oh, we all find this thing super cool together and want to do this uh, and sort of. Yeah, and I, I think when I revisit. No, I'm not done talking at all. <laughs> Sorry, but, who are uh, you? Uh, Marius needs to monologue now. Uh, <laughs> Welcome sorry, to Marius' monologue. <laughs> so I think when I uh, revisit the area that I grew up in, um, it's 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 kind of a an odd mix of kind of there's people that obviously I hung out with at school that uh, I'm still kind of in touch with, but I'm in like WhatsApp chat groups with them, and obviously their life is going on at the same time. Uh, but yeah you kind of get strangely detached from that and when I go back it's nice to catch up with everyone and uh, and, and socialize with them again but uh, obviously by drinking um, but um, but yeah uh, you tend to start having less and less in common with the people that you grew up with yeah. by the fact that you're just not exposed to them as much anymore yeah yeah Okay, well, um, Andy, you've uh, you've got the uh, you've got a lovely apartment. I've seen it. I've been there. It's lovely. Thank you. You've uh, you've got a lovely girlfriend. I'm, I met her. <laughs> Wait, you've been there? You've seen I've that? Seen her, uh, I've seen her. and I met her. You, you've got the career and the job. Uh, and you've got a you've got a community and, and uh, you you're doing theater and found something there. And 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 I know you kind of asked, but so do you feel like is. Do you feel at home now here? Would you call Denmark or Copenhagen home? Uh, Copenhagen is definitely uh, my home. Uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely a place I'd call home because yeah, uh, I I couldn't see myself moving away in the next uh, five, ten, yeah, uh-huh. twenty years. Five, ten years. So my next question is: Could you see yourself? And I know that's a big question. Who the fuck knows what's gonna happen? But could you see, like, do you, like, I'm at an age where I, c- I can picture 
I can think about old old age kind of almost, yeah. Can you see yourself? Like, do you, have you had those thoughts? Like, have, uh, I mean, being I know it's a, yeah, it's a big question. <laughs> being being a non-EU citizen, uh, <laughs> I, I, I could definitely see myself um, if I could uh, get myself off my ass, improve my Danish to a level at which I can pass exams, uh, and then mm. learn the. Uh, I, I think the kind of uh, test is about learning a book from what I hear from people. Uh, I, I could see myself becoming a Danish uh, citizen, uh, passport holder, and uh, one. Um, would I say that? Yeah, uh, when I'm 70, I'll be in Denmark. Uh, currently, I see myself there, but then I also know that the world is a very unusual place, and the fact that I ended up in Denmark in the first place uh, was, yeah. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. This, this is very the, big, this strange is surprise. Sorry to interrupt at the end of your your. your you summing up the Euro philosophy of your own life, but... Uh, <laughs> It's okay. This but, is no, let me correct you. Just, you made a couple of mistakes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true because that's the thing. For those of us who haven't moved here with a long-term partner, right? Because mm. if we're going to like pull back to like a complete, uh, somebody who's really um, integrated very well, I would have to think of your father, Marius. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we've we've talked about him on and off on the show, and he speaks Danish, and you you talk he recently about, got his Danish citizenship. Yeah, and yes. and when you talk about the way your parents acted, he's very much in tune with Danish life. Yeah, right. I mean, it's taken forty odd years. Yes, but, yes, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I. So that that's one idea of like you know, and you're you're following a loved one who, mm -hmm. who has a culture, and, mm -hmm. and you're learning off that, and everything. But you're you're bang right, I think, Andy, when you say like, I didn't fucking expect to be here. Like, and I, I wake up one day and I'm like in Denmark, and I'm like, oh wow, this is a life, and I really enjoy it. But ask me six months before I was in Denmark, what are you gonna do? And I wouldn't have said, oh, I'm gonna live in Denmark for the rest of my life. You know, so yeah. you don't. There's really no way of saying. Mm. What? No matter how integrated you might feel, you might wake up one day and be like, you know, I'm, it won't probably be like, well, maybe it will, I don't know, but it's. I think that's true. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. And I know some people uh, are like huge planners. Uh, my girlfriend is a huge planner. She uh, she loves to have uh, long-term kind of structured goals and uh I am not that person, um, <laughs> but it, in the way that I, I, I do, the reason I ended up in Denmark is because I just felt the flow of uh, what was possible for me and I decided to give it a chance and uh, I like to take... Is that Andy still, is, is, is that the same Andy or do you think, has, has that Andy changed a little bit? Well, has he died inside? No, not uh, died, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you're a follow the flow kind of guy still, but like, but like, That I, if we're being completely honest, don't you also think those big risk moves, like they it's become smaller, smaller the older you the get? Chances of you doing you that. get more complacent or comfortable, and yeah, yeah. there's other obligations like I don't know, yeah, loved ones, kids. family, kids, yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and you have done this, and you know that you know it's not just moving to another country. You know there is a transition period, and there is sort of a bit of restarting kind of it's kind of a weird thing I think um, you kind of reset your life a little bit whenever you move to another place and it's you can you can probably think back to it and think it was fine but uh, it's also if you think really hard back to it it's actually kind of a little bit traumatic probably too hard a word but uh, it's quite hard uh, to actually just relocate and change everything again Yeah. Uh, I, I moved to university and then it was just uh, a load of people I didn't know that I uh, ended up um, having to make new friends and uh, go out with them. But in university, everyone's in the same boat, so it's kind of really yeah, yeah. easy to do that comparatively. And then I moved to London um, and that, again, was just kind of an entire reset. And uh, I, I started making friends with people that I work with. Uh, I uh, had three different jobs there and I've got friends from each of those different jobs um, that I will still stay in contact with now uh, although probably less than I used to and then the same when I came to Copenhagen uh, I knew no one here um, I made friends at work um, and then obviously through uh, the, the theatre and 
it's always tough to push on and start again. So I, I agree with you in the fact that when you're older, do you really want to do that again? Maybe not. Mm. But then it's also something that I know I can do and it doesn't paralyze me with fear to think that changes come, changes happen, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the moment, I, I love Denmark and I would see myself staying here, yes. I think we should all cheers to that. Cheers! Thank you, Andy. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better. You are a human in Copenhagen. I'm working on an ending for this. <laughs> I think you're working out all of it, man. You are a human in Copenhagen. Trademark. 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 <laughs> okay. You, you cope in Copenhagen. Yeah, you uh, cope in Copenhagen. You are you are pretty good at coping in Copenhagen. Um, <laughs> you've coped. You've coped in Hagen. All right. All right. So. Here's the hot tip. Trolls Anderson, who was on the show maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, yeah. has come up with a fantastic course, Dungeons and Danish, Dungeons and Dragons through Danish. A lot of excitement, a lot of people have been talking about this, and we're very, very excited to say CIC listeners get a 20% discount. Whoop, whoop. We have our first code podcast like what do you call that little a voucher a voucher code a voucher code put put in cic dnd on his website yes and you get 20% discount cic dnd 20% discount i uh, will put up a link to uh, trolls website uh, this is going to be really fun for everybody uh, check out the episode with trolls on it when we do a little dnd ourselves um, I, I, I i think this is going to sell out fast yeah. So check it out ASAP. If, if you if you dropped out of a Danish course, try this instead. This is the way to go. Yes, I agree. And I that guy in the souped up what is it Corvette. Mustang Corvette Corvette yeah. thinks the same. Uh, but yeah, that's our hot tip. Check it out. Yes. And uh, Andy uh, recommended uh, at Bubble Plus. There's Isotagel. It's apparently a lovely ice cream uh, Really nice parlor. ice cream place. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favorite flavor? Uh, I mean, obviously, as a, an adopted Dane, I love licorice-flavored ice cream. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> salted caramel all the way. Salted caramel, that's a hot tip. And then there's a pistachio... Oh, God, uh, Juno the Bakery. Uh, Juno the Bakery, Which is, yes. like, not even a well-kept secret. Uh, no. it's, uh, it's a bakery owned by a guy that used to work for... Uh, Noma and uh, oh, we've interviewed um, Renet Redzipi. Yeah, from Noma. Yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they make the best cardamom buns. And uh, Owen's eyes lit up when I told him about the pistachio croissants. That sounds pretty amazing. Yep. And they have a, a Milkesnitte, which is a, I think it's a German thing, but it was a big thing when I was growing up as a kid. And it's like a, 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 a thing you shouldn't eat as a kid, but it's very nice and sweet. And, and they have made a version of it that, that I'm very excited about. Is it alcohol? What, what, what should you not <laughs> eat as a kid? Kindermilk is needed. Check it out. Uh, That's yeah, all I'm saying. Don't, don't be put off by the big cues because they always help. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They always deliver. So, uh, dim the hot tubs. Dim the, dim the hot tubs. Dim the hot tubs. Whew, we got there. Yeah. Well, okay, all right. Well, Do you need me to continue talking about my life bullet points from when I was uh, from when I was born? No, it's okay. Uh, I think we're right. <laughs> you sure? In, yeah. Shall we just sit in this bench and drink our cans? Let's yeah. let's sit and drink our cans. So, all right. Cheers. 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 Cool. <laughs>